Hi, I'm Emily Salaby, founder of Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company, and your host on the Hazard Girls podcast here on Jacket Media. I'm so honored to host this show where I get to chat with Hazard Girls about their careers. Hazard Girls is an online community for women working in traditionally male-dominated fields. On our show, you'll get to hear from these amazing women about the path that led them to their current careers, challenges they've overcome, advice for other women in entering these industries, and more. Alyssa Lorch is Regional Vice President for Sales for Reconstruction Experts of Johns Link Group USA. Reconstruction Experts is a firm concentrating on reconstructing occupied space after disasters and similar events. Johns Ling is the parent company providing a full suite of building services through a family of five companies, including Reconstruction Experts. As Regional VP of Sales, Alyssa is responsible for providing support to the region's largest and most complex HOA construction projects. Welcome to the Hazard Girls podcast, Alyssa. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Well, it's so great to finally have you here. I know we spoke earlier uh, in the year to your colleague, Ali Corona Bush. Yes. And so it is a treat now to have you with us here today to learn more from your perspective about the company and just some of your experiences and, and some of your insights on being a woman in the construction industry in a leadership position. So, but let's talk about what you do at Reconstruction Experts. We know Reconstruction Experts is all about occupied space uh, and reconstructing them after something goes wrong. Sure. What, what is your role there at Reconstruction yeah, so I've played a couple different roles over the course of my career at RE and now at John's Ling. Um, but currently, I really help support the sales team and really our production staff as well on the communication side of the business. When these large projects come in and there's a lot of communication to be had between our production staff, our sales team, and our clients. Um, sometimes we tend to speak a little bit of a foreign language in the construction industry. And so I help my staff um, kind of help bridge that gap and, and really put the construction terms into, into things that everyday people can understand. I, yeah, that's, I need that. Right. <laughs> <Wait, I know. laughs> over here and translate for me. So what yeah. is, is your background in communications or English? What, where did you come from education-wise to become an expert in this area? Yes. So I went to school in Colorado and I have a business marketing degree. Um, and a lot of that is centered around communications. So definitely bringing that to the table. But quite honestly, when I started um, almost nine years ago, actually, for reconstruction experts, I had zero construction knowledge. Uh -huh. <laughs> And so it was really utilizing that communication piece and those skills to really break down what the production teams are, are communicating into a way that our clients can easily understand. So are you a liaison then, would you say, between the, the actual crew and, <clears throat> excuse me, the crew and the, the production team and then actually the people who are hiring you? So you're sort of a liaison going back and forth, helping them understand one another? Exactly. Um, and so now I get to kind of help support my my team, my sales team, and my account managers do that. So I don't do that necessarily on a day-to-day -day basis anymore, but mm -hmm. I'm kind of equipping that team to absolutely be the, lia the liaison in that. 
And you also are involved in, you mentioned the timelines of a project and the budget of the construction. Yeah. So when I hear that, I think of, you know, more someone from an accounting background. So how does mm -hmm. that factor into your role? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think, again, this, this comes back to the liaison role to really uh -huh. understanding our clients need as far as what is their budget limitation, right? <laughs> what uh -huh. is their timeline limitations? Because a lot of what we do in occupied space comes along with a lot of those types of limitations. And it's understanding those limitations from the client and then giving that feedback back to our production team and coming alongside the production team in creating solutions for those limitations for our clients. And do you ever, so you are the person then going to the client. And so say you got some bad news from the team and it's it's just not going to happen. That particular timeline that they have in mind, it's not possible, it's not feasible. You know, it's not your company's fault. It's just not a thing, it can't happen. How, mm -hmm. when you go to them and you find yourself having to deliver that bad news, what is that, how do you handle that type of role? And do you find that you are encountering any differences in that as a woman in the industry, because you are having to maybe go deliver to a team of probably a lot of men, um, something they don't want to hear. How does that work? Yeah, um, that's a really great question. So again, it's all about knowing your client and, and kind of what their needs are. And so being able to kind of empathetically take that news to the client and say, mm -hmm. Here, here's the bad news, but here's what the team is doing on the back end to help compensate for that bad news. So I yeah. feel like our teams at, at RE and, and John's Ling are so good at that empathetic communication where we say, we don't say no very often. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we always come to the table with some kind of back end solution of maybe we can't make the timeline work just the way you wanted it, but here's how we can manipulate it to get pretty dang close. Yeah, interesting. So how how would you describe a day in the life? Because it sounds like you're doing a lot of different things each day, but maybe a typical day in your career. Sure. So again, a lot of what I'm doing right now is supporting my account management team and being able to be that effective liaison. So mm -hmm. my day-to-day -day right now is really coaching and mentoring and, and holding that team accountable to providing solutions to our clients. So a lot of my role right now is all team-based and, and team-focused and supporting the day-to-day -day efforts of what our, our kind of boots on the ground team is doing. Okay. Yeah, because you have, you have, it seems like a real passion for the industry, for the construction industry. And I know a lot of the women that I speak to for the podcast and just in general, they tell me that, well, there's two, I'm going to say there's two camps because one camp tells me my dad was in construction. <laughs> I always loved construction. Mm -hmm. um, or I, you know, when I was a kid, I was into construction and that's what I wanted to do. And so that's why I'm doing it. And then the other half tells me like, oh, I came from fashion or, you know, I think I was in something completely different. And this job came up in a certain department that I had skills in. And then I ended up in the construction industry. But the crazy thing is, I love it. It's an amazing industry. So which, are you in one of those camps? I absolutely am. So I do not have any construction background whatsoever. Mm -hmm. um, I will say that I grew up in a, in a blended family with three brothers and, you know, a, a stepdad. 
and we lived kind of in the middle of nowhere, Colorado. And so kind of mm -hmm. mountain men, I think, you know, rough and tough that I grew up with. So I think that prepared me a little bit for the construction <laughs> industry. But I, I don't have a construction background. And quite honestly, as I was looking at getting into the industry, I was pretty apprehensive at first um, and then completely fell in love with it as I started to dig in. Yeah. And so what, what is it about the construction industry that you found welcoming or did you find things welcoming? Right. I think more so is the company that I found myself at yeah. inside the construction industry. Um, John's Ling and reconstruction experts just have provided such an amazing path of success, success and growth for me personally and for so many people around me. Um, so that's one. And then number two, again, just the way that we approach the market, approach our clients is so vastly different. And these clients that we're working with have some crazy unique needs. Like we're literally working on their homes mm -hmm. um, and that's really important. And we get to come in at the end of the day and deliver solutions for our clients in a really empathetic way that focuses on more care, more communication and more creativity, quite honestly. Yeah. Well, you've been doing this now for, well, you have over 10, 10 years of experience with, but with John Sling, you've been doing it over eight years, which is almost a decade. I know from talking with Allie that John Sling has been a progressive company mm -hmm. as far as advancing women in the firm, like you just mentioned. And I'm just curious. I know John Sling has been great. How do you see the state of women in the construction industry as a whole right now? That's super interesting. I think it's changing. I think you've got some perspective. So yeah. yeah, what have you seen changing? Yeah, you know, there are so many more women, I think, in construction today than I saw even, you know, eight, nine years ago when I started. Um, and I really think it's it's because women have been given this confidence to step into this industry and own it. And it's super cool. Yeah, I agree. I think I think there are a lot of great organizations now mm -hmm. that, oh, all over the country. There are national ones, there are local ones that are giving women that sense of community within the industry. Yep. Absolutely. I noticed there's been a shift over the past few decades of just, you know, from my conversations on the podcast and elsewhere of women feeling, they used to feel maybe they had to be like one of the boys to fit in. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe felt like they had to alter their personalities in some way or mask or hide some some aspect of who they were. But now people are recognizing that, you know, women bring something different to the table. And that's a good thing for companies. And I'm wondering if you have seen noticed or seen anything related to that as a shift in the in the industry. Yeah, I mean, of course, I think men and women bring so many strong things every single day to, to the construction industry and really any industry. Um, but particularly, I think just some of the way that women communicate, just different communication mm -hmm. style, right? A little yeah. bit more empathetic, mm -hmm. um, sometimes a little bit more uh, clear in communication. <laughs> Um, and then just some organizational patterns of women, right? We're strong at multitasking, prioritizing, attention to detail. Those things, I think, really have escalated the success of women in, in an industry like construction. And not to say that men, you know, don't possess those skills, um, but those, I think, are a couple of just strong points that women bring to the table in this industry. 
Yeah. Now, say, you know, acknowledging that women's skills in general can vary from mm -hmm. men's. Uh, have you noticed that companies are recognizing these as strengths more so nowadays? Sure. I mean, I think, again, going back to the company that I work for, right, we absolutely do. We have some incredible women throughout our company in in various positions, whether it's out in the field, actually, you know, performing the work all the way up to kind of what I get to do every day and, and be that liaison. Mm -hmm. Now, you mentioned in the show notes that navigating the nuances of, you know, working in the construction industry as your authentic self, as a woman, um, can come with challenges. And I was just wondering if you wanted to talk about any of those nuances that you've noticed, maybe how, how, how others, or how you have, or how others can navigate those. Sure. So I think at the beginning of my career, I was 22 years old when I joined this company. So, um, you know, it was a young woman straight out of college, kind of navigating the world in general at that time. Mm -hmm, yeah. Um, and I think I put an insane amount of pressure on myself when I entered the organization that, you know, I am around a lot of people that have crazy years of experience in this industry, right? It's not, it's not just you know, a couple of years of experience. It's a lot of experience in the industry. And I think what I ended up doing was putting so much pressure on myself that I had to kind of compete with that experience that I had to put this aura of, I know it all, right? Mm -hmm. I can do this, right? I, yeah. I don't have any weaknesses. Um, and in the first part of my career, that actually kind of hurt me a little bit. And what I had to learn to do was be confident in the fact that you know what, it's okay to ask questions when I don't know the answer. It's okay to, you know, not have every part of the role or the organization figured out right now. Yeah. Um, and that actually went a long way with my colleagues once I kind of had that mentality shift of, I'm going to ask for help. I'm going to, I'm going to mm -hmm. kind of put down my, my beer of looking weak and actually participate with the team. Yeah. Okay. So, so asking for help is a really big one, I think. And that is very understandable why as a young person coming into the industry, especially as a woman, it's very understandable why someone might feel that they don't want to put themselves out there to ask for help because they, we have this feeling like we're supposed to come in knowing it all, but <laughs> as a woman, you know, we might even be more aware that people are looking out to see where our deficiencies are, right? So it's a little bit scary maybe to ask for help. So you're saying, don't let that stop you. Instead, don't be afraid to be authentic, ask for help, be honest. Exactly. Be your authentic self, right? You yeah. know, it's okay to show a little bit of weakness sometime. It's okay to raise your hand and have the confidence to put your opinion out there or to ask for help. Um, people will begin to trust you when you start to do that. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So you're, you're showing that you are honest, you are, you know, being true to your, to admitting to what strengths or what skills you might have at that point. And that, that allows people to be able to even more so trust you. Yep. You brought up, you know, speaking up and speaking out. And I think that is another issue that a lot of women face. Uh, as they enter 
the construction industry, any really any industry, um, some people don't don't mind speaking out. Some people it's very natural to them, right? But for a lot of people, it is not natural. It is a challenge. So, do you have any? What would be your advice for giving someone that push to maybe speak up in the meeting where they might they might be sitting there quietly, uh, kind of afraid to type it? Yeah. So I think there's a balance here, right? You you don't want to, you know, run the conversation and speak mm. up in a way that is overbearing or kind of shows you might have a little um, ego at play, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> but again, I think if you do it in the right way where you're raising your hand and say, hey, I have this idea. Hey, I've got a question. Um, and really doing that in an authentic way. Mm -hmm. people are going to trust you. People are going to hear you. People are going to help answer your question. And I think, again, having the confidence just to raise your hand in a very authentic way and say, hey, I need help with this. Hey, I think this is a great idea. Um, yeah. It's kind of about the approach, I think, how you do it. Yeah, I definitely see where you're coming from. So, well, Okay, let's let's shift gears just for a moment because John's Ling has been undergoing a ton of expansion over the past several years, right? Yeah. And I would love to know how things have changed for you there over the past eight years in general. And how has it been for you at managing that expansion? Because you've been a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah, there's been a lot of change. Um, and it's been really exciting change. We're we're growing. Um, we are servicing, you know, more of the United States and, and more clients every single day. And I think change sometimes can be scary, right? Uh, change can be really scary, mm -hmm. um, especially when you're so ingrained in doing something a certain way. And so for me, it has been really helpful and encouraging having a company that has a culture of communication, right? Communicating yeah. through the change. Um, and then just having discipline to, you know, help our people adhere to the procedures and processes that are in place, even with all the change occurring around, occurring around us. Um, and, you know, staying true to who we are as a company and not mm -hmm. losing our culture um, on who we are as a company, because it's so important. And I think that adherence to grasping onto that amazing culture that we have as a company has really allowed us to grow quickly. From, from a corporate perspective, I guess, how is the company able to communicate the culture and share it with, as you grow and share it with the employees? Because new people are coming in as you expand and grow, right? And you're getting all these uh, people who are not familiar with it. And you're bringing probably people in uh, from some other companies that may have a different, totally different attitude. How, how is the company able to sort of let that culture permeate and spread and stay? Yeah, I think it's a couple different things. Um, first, Johnsling is incredible in their mindset of recruiting new people. Um, typically, uh, we put skill set kind of on the back burner and we first recruit on drive, energy, motivation, character. We look at mm -hmm. who you are as a person and how you're going to contribute to the company. And yeah. then we look at the skills, right? And so we kind of flip that on its head. And so we're, we're really particular on who we are able to bring into the company, making mm. sure that they align with our culture first and foremost. And then secondly, again, kind of maintaining that 
cultural aspect of drive, energy, motivation on a day-to-day -day basis. Again, it comes down to, I think, the leadership style that is implemented here within the company. Um, are you a person that, you know, is open to communication? Mm -hmm. Are you a person that does for others before, before yourself? Are you a person that um, is continually doing what's right, right? And those things, those behaviors of our people is what build our culture. And so if we can hang on to those behaviors and promote those behaviors, our culture will not change. It's interesting. I After speaking with Ali and now speaking with you, it's clear that it is a very strong culture within the company. And I, and I, it's so, it's apparent that it has been successful, you know, in supporting not only your customers, but the women and the people within the company, but it's really had a great effect on keeping women in the company um, and allowing them to excel. So can you, can you share some success stories you've seen for women in the construction industry or give us an example of one? Yeah. I mean, I can think of a ton within our company, honestly, yeah. who have just rose through the ranks beautifully um, and supported our, our clients. Um, again, just for me personally, it has been such an amazing journey, kind of stepping into this industry with such apprehension mm -hmm. <laughs> um, at a, you know, almost like an internship level um, employee. And over the last nine years, being able to just kind of slowly work our way through the ranks. And, and now I'm getting to support the entire region of Texas. Oh, uh, that's amazing. Yes. So that's pretty cool. Um, and again, we've got countless examples within our company of women, you know, just completely flourishing in supporting our business and our company. Yeah, let's talk about some tips then you, that you would have for women going into, I know that your company is very welcoming, but tips in general for women on getting into the industry if they're, they want to join, um, you know, your company or a different company. Sure. So actually a couple of the things that come to mind, I think are, are just good business, you know, advice in general. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, so the first thing that kind of popped into my mind is you got to have a little bit of, of thick skin and some confidence, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's just a, a business skill, I think, right? Yeah. Um, we have to be able to step in and, and kind of sometimes take the emotion out of decisions that we're making, out of the conversations that we're having, we can be empathetic, right? In that, yeah. but we have to have a little bit of thick skin. And I think that is something that is developed over time. Um, and a skill that, again, probably myself having three, you know, hardcore brothers helped me with in the past mm -hmm. <laughs> to step into a role like this, but thick skin is definitely one. Mm -hmm. And then I think another one is knowing your value and, and what you bring to the table and owning it, right? Know your mm -hmm. strengths, know your weaknesses, know what you bring to the table, um, get better in the areas that, that you need to get better in. And, you know, again, have that confidence to say, I do bring value and I'm going to do that every single day. Yeah, that's good advice. I think I asked Ali this question, maybe. Yes, I think I did. But anyway, how can, how can male allies help? Or just men in general, how can men help a situation at work uh, where in the construction industry or any other industry actually, where they are noticing something is maybe not as fair as it could be for others. 
um, based on identity? How, how can men help with that? Sure, I think breeding an environment of collaboration, maybe over competition is really important. And don't get me wrong, I, I'm a huge proponent, proponent of competition in the workplace in a very strategic way. Um, but kind of breeding that collaborative mindset over competition. So opening the door for teams, diverse teams to come together um, and facilitating those conversations and those strategy sessions in a way that really allows the group to collaborate. And so many great tips. So if our listeners want to connect with you and be part of your network, where should they find you? Sure. So a uh, great start is always at our website. It's, um, I would say, go to reconstruction experts first. So it's reconexp.com. Mm -hmm. um, so you can find us there. And then of course, I'm on LinkedIn as well, Alyssa Lorch. Um, and that's a great place to connect as we're growing our business and always looking for new employees to bring into the organization. I, I was just about to ask if you guys are hiring. <laughs> we are always hiring. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is good to know. And we have yeah. to make sure we share this in the Hazard Girls Facebook group as well, uh, as well as in our LinkedIn network. Well, Alyssa Lorch, Regional Vice President of Sales for Reconstruction Experts of John's Link Group USA. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for being with us today. We appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Emily. You have been listening to the Hazard Girls podcast on Jacket Media, sponsored by Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company. That's junojonesshoes.com. And you can go there to learn about our steel toe boots and to join the Hazard Girls community. I'm your host, Emily Salaby. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.